and welcome back to Tea and Sympathy, where two American ladies talk about drinking tea and watching British television shows. I'm Sarah. I'm Melissa. And if you'd like to find us elsewhere, besides in your ear holes, you <laughs> can find us on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod. Find us on the internet, teaandsympathypod.com. You can email us at teaandsympathypod at gmail.com. Uh, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash tea and sympathy pod. And of course, you can subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Um, and on Podbean, you can also subscribe over there. But those Apple Podcast reviews really help. And we'd like to thank everyone who's rated us and got us a five-star rating. Yay! Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Your mom is our PR person. And I, I feel like she's going to want to be on the payroll soon, so... I mean, she'll be here next week. We could have a guest star. <gasps> I know. We'll have to talk about that. You should Ooh. ask her. <laughs> yeah. What are we drinking? What are you drinking? So I have Barry's Classic Ooh. in the black box. It's very formal. Excellent choice. I have yes. Barry's Gold in the red box. For which years I thought it was, that was the fan, or for a while I thought that was the fancy one, but you corrected me. Maybe we should ask Barry's on Twitter. Maybe they'll ask oh, us. Oh, I love it. Um, I can't believe they're not sponsoring us. Barry's. How many other pod, tea podcasts do you have? None? Yeah, exactly. I'd Get like to think train. that we're the preeminent tea <laughs> The original and best. The original and best. Isn't, isn't that Barry's slogan? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to report a tea development when I went to, uh, oh, I yes. went to the Irish store to get tea, and um, they now carry Lion's Tea in addition to Barry's. So they had not previously. I think they might have they either ditched the Bewley's, sorry, Bewley's, or um, they just didn't have any, but lion's tea is the Dublin tea and Barry's tea is the cork tea. So now they have it. Yeah. Competing. This whole adventure of you sending me tea started because I ordered Bewley's from Amazon, but like made sure it was the right one. It mm -hmm. was some sort of American mm -hmm. uh, craptastic version of it. And it was still, they have changed something. So uh, I'm okay with, I might have you send me some lions. Um, I will definitely do that. And I have to go back soon anyway, to pick up meats for my husband's birthday. Meats, black pudding, meats, black pudding, white pudding bangers. Oh, I love white pudding. It's good. I mean, black pudding is, it's good as well. We've had this discussion. It's not as creepy as everybody thinks it is, but I prefer white. But mm -hmm. everything, every meat has its place and time, so. Yes, they do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> if someone's given me a full Irish with both white and black pudding on it, I'm, I'm eating it. I also picked up, since we were talking about biscuits, um, the last oh. couple episodes, I got some chocolate digestives, and um, yeah. I like them. I'm, I like a plain digestive, but the chocolate ones are good. They don't... Um, they melt. Yeah. I think if they were American cookies, they, the, plas the chocolate would have a high enough plastic content that it wouldn't melt. Mm -hmm. Sort of related, biscuit related, mm. I got um, Santa's favorites delivered, which I grew up eating around this time of the year, and they are anise cookies. Oh. I mean, 
delicious. I posted about this on Instagram. Um, they, I have like very warm memories of the ch- from my childhood of eating these. They've redone the like biscuit formulation. Mm. They redid it years ago. It's they're from Salerno, uh, but the ta- they taste the same. And I am stunned that this is not more of a thing in Great British Bake Off territory. It, they're so delicious that I can't believe that they're not more anise flavored cookies out there. Now, is the texture, is it like a shortbread cookie or is it like a sugar cookie? Um, mm, <laughs> it used to be sort of shortbready. Now it's just sort of that standard. It's, it's, the texture is now something I would describe as that like standard issue. You know what the texture reminds me of is like animal crackers. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it's not great. The texture is not great. But the flavor is great. The flavor is amazing. I'm very sad that this isn't more of a thing. Yeah, Anna's is kind of a classic, especially holiday time, I feel. No, and they're so good. Why are they, why, why, GBBO, why are more contestants cooking with this? Should we talk about what we watched? Um, yeah. We want, now, we should talk about first briefly how spoilery we want to be because this yeah. is our current. I, let's, I don't want to be super spoilery, but I feel like we can, we can dance around things. Okay. Well, let's give a warning. There might be mild spoilers. Mild, mild spoilers. Yes. Excellent. Mild spoilers. To which I also say, it's on Netflix. It's six episodes. Why haven't you watched it? Kind of. <laughs> It's six hours. It's cold. Go sit on your couch and watch Bodyguard. Not Cuddle the Bodyguard. Up. I feel like it's important. It's Bodyguard. Cuddle up with Richard Madden and watch oh, all the six episodes. Come on. I feel also it's important to know. I so I've I rewatched episode one in preparation for this recording because when I initially first watched it, I in no way, shape, or form was, I could not, I was too, like, I, I didn't even pay any attention to taking notes. I just watched it and, like, let it, let Richard Madden wash over me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I was so, uh, it's, we've talked about this before. It kind of grabs you from, like, frame one, and it, I wouldn't say it's not, like, it's very, I it grabs you from frame one and you're like, cool, I'm in that, like, I'm interested. I want to see where this goes. It's very intense from the start, but there's no slow burn here. No, I feel like a television critic would say it was a taut drama. Yeah. Oh, yes. Taut. I would agree. It's very taut from, the, from moment one. Sarah, what did you think? I loved the show. I loved the show. Um, we watched it probably over... Three nights, maybe. Uh-huh. I, I think I did as well. No, I think I did it in two because I don't really have a life, and so <laughs> well, yeah, I get tired too early, so I can't do that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I watched it probably over three nights, and it wasn't until I and I won't talk about them all today. First of all, because I was a little bit in like manic when I was writing my notes and my questions. <laughs> Um, and I also, some of them would be, would be pretty big spoilers. spoilers so yeah. it wasn't until I finished the show that I was like, wait a minute, there's like some, some pretty big plot holes here. Right. And when I, after watching it, I went back and Googled like bodyguard plot holes and it's not something that 
hasn't been addressed. Yeah. It's not just us. Yeah. I totally agree. I It didn't watched, detract from my enjoyment. Yeah, I, when I initially watched, I was like, yes, put it directly into my veins. <laughs> and then upon, which I actually didn't know, like, I admittedly was on a Richard Madden high when I finished. So I was like, plot points, what plot points? I don't know what you're talking about. And then I read your notes and I was like, oh, hmm, yes. And then I, when I went back and prepped for this episode and I watched episode one, I, uh, there, there's, there are some large plot holes, but I am not, that is, that's just an observation I do not think it detracts at all. No, it's still a good story. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, you may, if you sit and think about it, you may think the resolution is a little, um, like it happened kind of fast mm-hmm. or maybe it's a bit unsatisfying. But what I was primarily interested in immediately after watching the last moment of the last episode was when will there be more? <laughs> Interesting. So I, yes. So I, A, thought the same thing, which was, give me more now. Uh, And B, I was thinking to myself, like, maybe they left in the plot holes because they're like, no, this is is a one-time thing. We're not doing, like, we're not going to resolve these things because we're only doing this once. I I thought I had read that there was going to be at least four seasons. Oh my goodness, really? I'll go look at that right now. Do you want to tell, why don't you tell me, tell me some of your thoughts. Uh, so one kind of overarching thing that I really like about most of the British shows that I've watched, and I'm including like um, Shetland and Marcella and The Fall, I just, uh, I really like the way that, that women characters are presented. And it's not, it's, it's going to sound like I'm shading these women, and I'm not, absolutely oh. not. But they're allowed to look their age. Yes. Um, and they're allowed to be sexy and sexual and not, um, you know, 22 years old. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with being 22 years old at all. I feel like in American dramas of the same sort of formula, it's very important that the women not look, you know. Sick. Not be over 32. <laughs> yeah. Not be over 28. Yeah. I love this about British uh, UK television shows. I think um, this did a great job of it. I think The Fall is like the apex of yep. this amazingness uh, because, I mean, Stella Gibson and The Fall is just, she dresses spectacular, spectacularly. She's smarter mm-hmm. than everybody in the room. She's literally takes no guff from she's anyone. Not, she's not 100% invested in being likable she she cares not yeah could not care less about being likable also has sex with whoever she wants (laughs) which is great get it stella what i think i like about this show and its ilk is that those are not outliers Mm -mm. those would be an out like i'm trying to think of like a show like maybe it's like how to get away with murder in the u.s and i can't really think of like like the, the, that, the, that's just the norm there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not presented as like because there's so many women in positions of power in this show, and it's not treated as a curiosity. I know. I love your note where it's like it's not something to be remarked upon every five minutes. She's right. a wo- the chief of police and a woman. 
Well, don't you feel like sometimes in U.S. shows in particular, yes. and I'm sure some British shows and wherever shows as well, that, that it's, it's, they write so much expository nonsense into the yeah. dialogue, like, well, as a woman in this position, yeah. like, you no. know. Maybe just that's her job and that's her job. And I also love, and this, I think, feeds into the same, it's like an Ouroboros an Ouroboros of women mm-hmm. um, is that there are women in all levels in this show and in other UK shows. So there's the woman, uh, there's the woman, um, spoiler alert-ish. There's like the woman who's in charge of like essentially the SWAT team. There's the woman like sniper. There's the woman you know, police, like there's the woman police detective. That's just their job. So I think that that like feeds into it. Like it's not a big deal to have a, a home secretary, <laughs> which I love. And you know, I love that too. Um, but I don't want to steal your thunder on talking about that. But like, I think that it's important to recognize that. And maybe this is it. Like in U.S. shows, there's not, <laughs> Oh God, I'm just going to make a statement on U.S. society as, as a whole. There's not women in all levels of things. And so when there is a woman at the top of something, that's why it feels like it's important to be remarked upon. Yeah. And I feel like if there were women at all levels in jobs, then it wouldn't be a big thing because it's like, okay, well, yeah, she worked her way up the ladder and got promoted and got her job. Like who cares? I did want to touch on the deference, uh, the deference of British men to women in power. Mum. Mum, which I realized, okay, so there is a, there is a meme Twitter feed article, bug, clicky, clickbaity Buzzfeed article or something going around saying like people's minds are blown because they didn't know, they thought they were calling her mom, him, they thought he was calling her mom the whole time. Which, A, if you watch enough British television shows, you'll know he's not calling her mom. Mom. He's calling her mom. However, and he's calling her mom, which is the equivalent of ma'am. But then there was some sort of like, he's really just saying ma'am and it's his accent. It's not. It's not that he's saying ma'am and it's Richard Madden's accent because if enough British television police dramas will tell me anything because I've watched a lot. Everyone calls women in charge. It's, it's mum. If you've watched, w- go watch Daniel Craig and Bond. I think somebody should make like a super clip of... <laughs> oh God, um, I would love that. Because that he puts be- so much, depending on what's happening in the show, he puts so much into like... Right? There's the like man- the friendly mom and like the grateful mom and then there's the angry he mom. <laughs> acts like the man- he It's like, you know how Tom Hardy acts with his eyes? Uh, Richard Madden acts with his mum, his jaw and his mum. I will say, I always am curious to know this. How do you know if someone is calling you like mom or ma'am in the UK? Because they're both mum. So how do you know? Like, I'm assuming if someone's calling you mum and it's your son, your it's your daughter, <laughs> mom. But like, that's just weird, weird fever dream thoughts I had when I was watching, when I was rewatching it. I was like, hmm. I don't know whether someone's calling you mom or ma'am. No matter what they're calling, I think this goes back to, wow, this is just, I love that our whole episode has sort of turned into um, a discussion on gender politics. Um, (laughs) But I love that 
the deference, and again, this crosses multiple shows in the UK, the deference of British men to women in power is, it's like very, it makes me very happy and very sad that we don't have the same thing. Well, it goes back to um, what we were talking about before, right? Because you never, they never then cut away. I mean, I'm sure I'm saying never, but I, I have not often observed personally yeah. that they cut away then. And there's a couple of men who are like, oh, actually, I really hate that beat. And they're, they're, also just, very, they're just dealing with them as co-professionals. And there's also very, I mean, again, there's an exception to every rule, but there's no ogling of women in a charge here. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. There's no, there feels like very minimal amounts of male gaze, which I very much appreciate. That's why these shows feel like going on vacation. Like, no matter how intense the drama is, it's just, you get, like, a tiny release from, like, the BS of life. That. When you see it on TV, it reinforces that it's normal behavior. Right. I don't so. think it is. Or at least it shouldn't be. There's been, we can talk about, without spoiling anything in the show, we can talk about how this was the first I'd heard that Richard Madden was being floated as a possible next Bond. Yeah. And I was watching it. And so my, my husband is like a Bond super fan. And oh, so I was like, how knowledge? I was like, what do you think about this? Can you see him? And he was like, hands down. Yes, absolutely. Mm. So I have thought, I also have thoughts. Um, do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? Do you, uh, so there about- were, there were times in the show when I was like, yes, absolutely. I can see it. And, and the problem is like, to me, Daniel Craig is a great Bond. I don't think everybody thinks that probably. I, so. I think he's great. But I know that when he was announced, my husband was like, no way, this guy is not going to. And he, no. he's come around. So there were some times when I was like, oh yeah, I can totally see this. And mm-hmm. then other times where I thought he looks so young, like mm. much younger than he is. Yes, true. Because he, um, he is about 32. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about Bond? So bond I have, yeah, so I have very, I'm torn. I'm a bit torn. So I am admittedly firmly in the Idris Elba as Bond camp. Mm-hmm. Like, I planted a flag. <laughs> I live there. So I honestly think he would, he should be the next Bond. I don't know why we're discussing anyone else. However, I, I love Richard Madden. I think he would, I think he would make a great Bond. I, no, I'm going to rephrase that. I love <laughs> Richard Madden. I don't love him as Bond. He's, he's neither charismatic or like mysterious or like clever. He's too, his face, youngness, aside, youngness looking aside, his face is too open almost. Like there's no... Although I will say in this show, uh, he did prove that he can do sort of like the, you know, having the like stone cold outside face and then the like roiling insideness. But I just, I don't, I don't know if he's got the like charisma for Bond. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I love Richard Madden. I think a Scottish Bond would be great. I think he's amazing. I just don't love him as Bond. If he were James Bond, I would go and watch it for his jaw. Like, we can talk, do you want to talk about his jaw a little bit? Well, um, he sure is wow. Scottish. 
I don't know I, of many other people who can make the word no have like four syllables, but I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes I would just laugh and it's not, I mean, it's kind of childish to be like, ha ha, his accent's funny, but um it's gorgeous. It's it, is, it is gorgeous. Mm. It's uh I love it. I um, thought he was a real treat and I mean in every sense of the word. I think that he did he did such a good job of portraying the somebody with suffering with PTSD oh. and how it just absolutely gets shoved, you know, aside mm -hmm. for the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he clearly was um intensely troubled and um dealing with that and dealing with the personal um yeah. effects of that on his relationship and there's just so much and I feel like that could have been better explored yeah. like what happened. I feel like that may have been a little like there were, could have been a whole episode going and and maybe that and that also is that's also a very like American thing to do is to like spend like two whole episodes exploring like what happened where it's like this keeps it like the movement forward of like it's just an understanding that like something happened to him somewhere and, and they reference it in a few places to like get you on the same page but they're not wasting your time being like here's all of the things that happen like it's just a understand that this man has ptsd understand that he is just barely handling it <laughs> i kind of appreciated it because the the show was so like we said taught and it was so forward moving as you just said that i think they really did them ultimately even though I wanted to know more, I think they did themselves a favor by just not doing that because they would have wasted time and yeah. momentum. Yeah, they would have. It would have. It would have kind of stopped it dead in its tracks. I think. Which. Well, I'm let's talk about um, the home secretary in relation yes. to, because um, I don't think it's spoilery to say that there's a relationship between the two. Yeah. Of them. Which mm, I get it. That's kind of what moves the story forward. But I wasn't thrilled about that. Not from well, a them I'm, perspective, but from a, oh, good, another relate, like, yay, another relationship. No. I want to get out of a movie where, like, a man and a woman work in a professional capacity and don't end up in bed. That's all I want. Yeah, that would be nice. Although, as we discussed, it became apparent, like, very early on that that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. As soon as she spilled say, that coffee. Yeah, I would say midway through. <laughs> all right, this is going to be a spoiler. I'm going to just, <laughs> I had huge issues with the character of Chanel, not just from a plotline perspective, but just from a writing perspective of it's the most, she's the least convincing character on the show. Yeah. She's obnoxious. She laughs at her. Who laughs at her, their boss? Your boss is the home secretary of the UK. How did this girl get a job? She is bad at her job. She is very bad at her job. I think we, I mean, obviously we do go into how she got her job-ish, but like she's, she's just, she's terrible at her job. And she is, whether she's a good or a bad person or not, like that is just not how you act in a professional capacity at all. Yeah, her character was very broad. Like, I mean, it was very on the nose that, like, her name is Chanel and, like, she's silly and spoiled. And um, so that was a little bit of an off note, I thought. 
Yeah, they just kind of missed that one. I I think for a show that did really really well at keeping some keeping the majority of the plot twists pretty well hidden until very very you know late in the series. Right. That was that was a miss. Like they the, the spill of the coffee at the first episode. I was like, oh well, she's up to something. Spoilers. Oh, sorry, but like that. It's so funny because that happened, and I was like, oh, she's definitely like setting her up for something, something, something. And then it turns out it's like a, literally goes nowhere. I'm like, all right, why did you bother to spill coffee on your boss? And I don't. And then laugh at her. Oh my god. It really bothered you. <laughs> And rewatching it did not help because I just got angrier about it. Like, also, just her completely losing it in the office. I'm like, what is wrong? Have you never, you, even if this is your first job, which you're old enough that it shouldn't have been, do you not know how to act around people? Have you never been around other people? That was an off note, too, because given what she was ended up the part that she ended up playing in the story like had nothing to do with her screaming in a building yeah and why would she been have been upset about losing that job because she spilled the coffee the home secretary needed a shirt richard madden was like babe i got you (laughs) took his shirt off richard madden was like don't worry i'm not sure it'll fit you let me just take it off and i love i when i rewatched it they mentioned something she the um Julia's character says something about finding him another shirt and they never find him another shirt because then later in that shot or in that scene he's wearing his jacket with no shirt well I think that's when um as soon as that happened that's when I said out loud to my husband like oh these two are definitely gonna end up in bed and he was like no way I was like trust and believe I know what I'm talking about trust Trust, I know. I've seen uh, enough of these shows. I know how this is going. It's on. Um, not a spoiler, just a remark upon how much I, and I noticed this again, this is from other British uh, crime dramas. I love the alphabet soup of titles. DCI, SCO, PPO, PCO, I have no idea what they mean. But I, I did a deep dive on those when I was watching Shetland. <laughs> love it. <laughs> And it's like, I forget most of it now, but it's like, there's like police constable, that's PC. Um, There's like a detective constable, there's... Oh, detective constable in charge, I think is DCI. Yes. And then there's like an inspector. I I adore it. There's something about it that just makes me very happy. We do have listeners, we do have UK listeners, and they probably are sitting out there somewhere being like, you guys are the dumbest people. (laughs) We are the dumbest people. Um, We're dumb American women watching British I'm struggling to understand. That's kind of the premise of this podcast. I would just like to also give a shout out again to Sophie Rundle. Sophie Rundle is in the show. I think I've mentioned Sophie Rundle in three various episodes right now. This is the Where is Sophie Rundle podcast. Where is Sophie Rundle podcast. She's everywhere. Again, these, it's British television, so the same 17 people show up everywhere. But <laughs> Sophie Rundle is, don't sleep on Sophie Rundle, guys. She's in some of the best shows. Peaky Blinders. She's in Bodyguard. I can't remember the other show that I mentioned her on. She shows up in Shetland one episode. Oh, yes, Shetland. 
She's also in uh, the Bletchley Circle. Oh, that- I tried to watch the Bletchley Circle, but PBS won't let me have it. Oh, it's very good. I think it's on Netflix. It's either Netflix or Hulu. Oh, well, I'll check that. I'll check that out. Yeah, I mean the old first. I only watched the first couple seasons, and I haven't watched the newer ones. So, well. Uh, I didn't get to Jarvis Cocker on Bargain Hunt because I was so wrapped up in the bodyguard. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to find that one um, in terms of what we want to do next. Um, we could chat about Ooh. that for a little bit. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. Uh, my last and final note about this show. It's pretty much everything I love about British television, except there's virtually no tea in this. There really show. isn't, no. There's beer. It's very upsetting. And Why wine. is there no tea? There's a lot of beer and a lot of wine. No tea. Well, Which, I guess like, they're all too busy for tea. Maybe it's modern and fancy, you know. Yeah, they are a little too busy for tea. <laughs> they're very important. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Please continue. No, no, I just wondered what we would like to focus on for next week because we have a couple of things in the hopper. There's the... Um, Jarvis Cocker episode of Bargain Hunt, which could we could just toss in. And then we also had talked about the woman in white. Yes. Where do I I need to figure out where to locate that? I watched it through I started watching it through the PBS app. Mm. Okay. Uh, which is terrible, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's bad. I think I actually discontinued I did the like free seven nights so that I could watch them in Oh, did we talk? Yes, we did talk about the minion trust. Wow. We did. Yeah. It's been a while, guys. Sorry about that. Um, and then there's Mary Berry's country house. Oh, do we need a palate cleanser? I kind of want to do an episode of Mary Berry's country house. Let's do Mary Berry because I started watching The Woman in White and I'm not really all in. Okay. But we Mary can- Berry's country house is on Netflix, correct? Or no... I watched it, when I watched it, I watched it on YouTube, but. Oh, is it on YouTube? Perfect. Yeah. I think I stole it from the internet, but I, I think it's pretty easy to find. It's got to be somewhere. Let's do, um, let's, I don't know which, we might want to talk off pod about mm-hmm. which particular episode, because I feel like we can, we have our pick of the litter. We can show, we can choose any of them. So yeah. Um, I do. I did watch um, Hinterland while we were off the air. Oh wow, that is that is dark. Um, have you seen it? No, but isn't it the one where he's? It's like all very sweeping and, and Norwegian and very cold. Uh, well, Hinterland is Welsh. Welsh, it's very Welsh, and actually they broadcast it in Welsh and English. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so I watched uh, the English version, obviously. If you didn't like Shetland, I don't think Hinterland would be Oh, seen. yeah. I think I, it's, there's it's very brooding. There's a leading oh. detective and he's very brooding and he's very oh, yeah. And he makes bad choices. It's just weird because I feel like, you know, the, you know, bodyguard is very brooding. And so I don't, I can't, I, I can't quite picture, I can't quite figure out, nail down what it is I do and don't like about shows, if that's logical in any way. Hinterland had good stories. The mysteries were really good, and um, oh. I didn't really have to care too much about the like his trouble with women and whatever about the lead guy. He's good. He's he's just you know it's just kind of like oh this trope again. But um, 
but this the stories are really good the mysteries are good it's beautiful Aww. Wales is beautiful there's two female detectives that are pretty cool but really? yeah I love I I like that Wales has is kind of like the uh deep south of, of the UK <laughs> I find that Wales is frequently the butt of jokes in British television which oh, I don't really? know why I don't, I don't know. Tell me, uh, you did, yeah. Should we go into your biscuit deep dive? Because I'm looking at it and I want them. I want everything you talk about here. Sure. I mean, I'm always up to talk about and eat cookies. So uh, when I went to the Irish store and I got tea mm-hmm. and I bought digestives, um, they were kind of short on, I mean, they had regular digestives, but they were kind of short on the other cookie varieties. And what, uh, so I went to the regular grocery store and I was able to get Tim Tams. Mm. which are Australia's favorite cookie. Um, And then I got like a a Belgian version of Jaffa Cakes because they don't have Jaffa Cakes here. I really have to encourage everyone to write your congressman (laughs) that you get better cookies. Um, Yes. Oh, I support this. I support this bipartisan legislation to get um, British cookies more British cookies. There's just a few things that I really need access to, and they include Jaffa cake rolls, um, jam mallows, Brennan's bread, um, and um, chocolate mini rolls. Chocolate yes. mini rolls. Um, so I looked up, a, I was just like, well, what do British people like to eat? And yeah. there's an article on Cosmo, strangely enough. Cosmo not really known for their yeah but so there's a a list of britain's favorite biscuits and chocolate digestives do top the list but um there a lot of them i have not had i've never had a um a jammy dodger or a ginger nut um kit kats are on this list and that's not a cookie also i'm not a kit kat fan this is a, a kit kat household but Oh, a fig a fig roll I've not had, a malted milk I've not had. So uh, there's a lot out there for us to get into. But jam mallows were not on this list. And do you know what jam mallows are? No. And I'm surprised that there's not um, like brandy snaps on here. In Ireland, jam mallows are Mikado cookies. And it's like a, it's like a shortbread cookie. And then there's <laughs> a marshmallow like pink marshmallow on it and then down the middle of that is a strip of jam and then oh, there's like in. there's coconut yeah. i think it's coconut sprinkled on top gosh they're not they shouldn't be good they should be disgusting because they're like pink and very sugary and they're kind of right. stale but there's there's something about Dip them in tea yeah yeah it's fantastic oh i'm all here for a wagon wheel yes please <laughs> um so there's a lot out there for us to dive into God, I'm going to, I'm going to, if you think I'm not going through this list and ordering a bunch on Amazon, you don't know me at all. I have to say, Tim Tams are a superior cookie. Yeah, they are. Plus, they have so many versions. Mm -hmm. I'm personal to the dark chocolate version. I'm not a big milk chocolate fan, but if it's my only option, I'll take it. So I like that Tim Tams come in a dark chocolate. That makes me happy. Yeah, I like the dark chocolate ones. I tried the caramel ones, and they're they're not um, mm. they're okay, but the caramel's yeah. kind of dry and it's not good. Yeah, I mean it's very it's extremely subjective, but again, I would like to voice my support 
for a stronger importation of UK biscuits to the United States, although that would potentially have very large tariffs imposed on it, but I would pay them. Yeah, I would like those. Or at least level up. Level up your biscuit game, America. I know we've talked about this before. I'm just going to keep keep <laughs> hounding. The problem with the imported stuff is that by the time you get it, it's yeah. stale. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, we might just need to, like, go and take an online visit because... I'm serious in that the only way to get around this is to like go buy an airline ticket, go pack yes. your suitcase full of jammy dodgers and come and on back home because I would I am not joking when I say I would go there because my I also they also have really amazing grocery uh or high street uh brand skincare. And for example, yep. I currently use the Aldi brand of uh, moisturizer and oh. it's uh, it's a La Prairie dupe and it's spectacular. I have a oh. girl in the UK who sends it to me. Yeah, you have to get your international ring of. Oh, my goodness, I would go to the UK for biscuits and drugstore moisturizer. Well, that's what you do. You go to um, Tesco or what have yeah. you, and then you go to Boots or Superdrug and load yeah. up your cart or Primark. Jeez. And then Why you, do we still live here? And then you hope that nobody... Why do you still live here? You even have a way out. You have an escape plan. I know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> what are you still doing here? I don't know. I really like my house. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'll end up there eventually, but... Oh, I'm so envious. Uh, UK listeners... Is there anyone who... I don't know why at this point you would want a green card in the u.s well but if you want one like i'll you know i do a green card wedding it's cool if only you could be a mail order bride in reverse i don't of. think they want a 38 year old woman in i can't imagine the uk would be like yeah you know what we need more of <laughs> 38 year old american women <laughs> i mean <laughs> But you've watched the TV shows. I I would fit right in. Forty something hot ladies are all over the place. So that's true. Why not throw yourself in the ring? Yeah. Um. Should we should we wrap this up? Yeah. I mean, we had a lot to talk about because we were I off know. for a week, and you I like the house. And I'm not in a bathtub. You're not in a I bathtub. Mean, that should have been at the top of the episode. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> not in a bathtub I'm in an office well so for next week we're gonna we're gonna talk off offline we're gonna take we're gonna off- do a mary berry mary berry okay. we're gonna do a mary berry episode if you'd like to find us and chat with us uh and thank you sarah for informing us that or for informing me we have uk listeners do we also have we also have listeners from we have listeners outside of the u.s yeah and we have very excited. brazil Brazil. Hello. The um, um, Norwegian um, area. Oh, Scandinavian country. Hello. Um, well, come talk to us. Like, we want to hear from you. Um, so we're on, um, we are literally everywhere, so you have no excuse. Um, we're at, uh, on Twitter. It's uh, T and Sympathy Pod. That's the letter T and Sympathy Pod. Um, we have a website. 
It's tandsympathypod.com. We have an email address. It's tandsympathypod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash tandsympathypod. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're Google Play. We're on Podbean. I think that's where my mom listens. What's up, mom? Um, <laughs> send us your show ideas. We're going to do Mary Berry next, but then what should we do after that? Should we do another crime? Should we do a comedy? Should we do, oh, maybe we do an episode of the IT crowd. I'm just saying. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so let us know what you want us to talk about. We're here for you. It's not just us being self-aggrandizing and talking about tea to each other. Mostly I mean, it's mostly that, but. I mean, it's mostly that, yeah, but. But get involved. Yeah, we like talking to you. Um, we're going to try and get Berries to sponsor us. Does anyone know? Are you from Berries? Do you know anyone at Berries? Are Barry? you Barry? Are, <laughs> are you Barry? Why do I think that Berries is the last name of the family? But are you Barry? <laughs> do you want to give us free tea? Uh, we'll take it. We will. We will. And you know what? We'll take it and shamelessly plug your stuff. Yeah. We will, we will make you, we'll like, we could rename this the Berries podcast. I mean, Berries Tea Hour. Berries Tea Hour. Whatever you'd like, Berries. Um, what else, Sarah? We, is, what would you, anything else you'd like to share with us? Share I, with think, I think I'm good until next time. Yay. Uh, cue the dramatic music. The Tea and Sympathy podcast is signing off. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you.